this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello. I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! That's right, everybody. It's time once again for the best show in the entire universe, Ears Up Podcast. This is Jason J.P. Petros, and I'm with uh, Terrence. Hey. Taryn. Hello. Thank you all for joining us. Like you had a choice, right? Because, you know, like everybody everybody in the world now, we have, we're all automated. <laughs> and if you are a person in this free society we call America, we have, uh, we have taken control of your iPod. I'm sure we're already automatically downloading to your iPod and Apple thing and whatever you guys, whatever the new kids these days are into. I, iPad, is that what it's called? Yeah. It's called an iPad. Something like that. All right. I think they're doing an iWatch. iWatch. Or something like that. Like where it's like all of the stuff on an iPad, but on your watch. Oh, good. Because you have to have your things all the time everywhere. On your wrist right away as soon as possible. Yeah, they have something now where um, you can answer your phone. Like if you have a Galaxy phone, you can answer it from your wristwatch, but you actually have to have the phone on you. Yeah, so what's so, the point? Exactly. <laughs> so you can just be secret agent, man. <laughs> <laughs> you can just talk on your wrist. Like, uh, all right, look, I got <laughs> Anyway, welcome to the show. we got a good show lined up for you. We're going to go to the history of Tomorrowland. Um, but first, I wanted to apologize and thank everybody for, for sticking with us. We've been off the air for a couple of weeks. Uh, I had some business to go over, uh, to go through, and I was kind of in the hospital and doing some stuff. So everything's fine. A little minor surgery. We're back at it, though, and uh, everything is good. So I apologize. I hope you survived uh, not having us in your lives for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Uh, it was very tough for us. We tried a couple of times. We got a couple of false starts. Um, but uh, we're back. Sorry to leave you. It was very unexpected. Um, but we're, we're, we're pleased to be around. So thanks for sticking with us. Um, like I said, find us on iTunes, please, if you haven't done so already. Uh, no one wants to be doing this manually where you have to go and, oh, yeah, I remember I have to go to the Ears Up page and do the whole thing. Uh, just go on iTunes, hit subscribe. You'll find us right there. Also, uh, while you're there, just subscribe uh, uh subscribe but um see rate us um, rate. thank you very much <laughs> you're welcome rate us on itunes give us five stars because we deserve it and uh if you want to tell everybody your love of uh, ears up you can go ahead and do it right there you can also do it on your very social media accounts because we are on facebook mm-hmm. and twitter so find us ears up podcast of course that's ears with a z because that's how cool we are <laughs> yes we're just trying to hang out with the kids these days it's all about the kids man I'm 36. I'm 36 years old, and I never thought I'd get to the point where I'd be like, oh, you know, the kids, and actually really mean it. Yeah, I know. I have a coworker who's uh, 29, and I called him a kid the other day. I'm 34. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that much older. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> What's up, kid? Oh, God. We're the same generation. Serious. Well, we my, doing? my problem is, like, at work, I still look the same age as everybody, but then I, they find out that I'm 31 42. years old, and they're all 24, 25, oh. and they make more than me, and then they kind of like get this look on their face like like they're disgusted <laughs> that I'm past the age of 30. Here, file this, Grandma. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, it's terrible. That's <laughs> yeah, too bad. That's why I just work at home. The only person there that mocks me is the mirror. <laughs> it makes me feel good when I can tell people twice my age what to do. That's why I'm the boss. <laughs> Hell yeah. boss. <laughs> um, if you find yourself yelling at us while you listen, like a, a few of our listeners do, um, if you disagree or agree with something that we said, let us know. We'd love to hear about it. That's kind of the point of the show. We want to get interaction. We want to get uh, you interacting with us and vice versa. So uh, if you have feedback, go ahead and send it to, what is it? Taryn? Taryn. Is it Taryn? Okay. Yeah. Taryn at earsup-podcast.com or you can go to earsuppodcast.com. And fill out our feedback form. You have a nice little cute form there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way you don't actually have to send an email. Emails are terrible. Uh, we also have a blog there, earsuppodcast.com. Uh, ears with a Z. We do have uh, some some cool stories. I need to post one tomorrow. Apparently it was recently the 13th anniversary of DCA. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I did hear that. Yeah. yeah. And so Disneyland kind of put together this little, this little uh, collab- not collaboration, but... Uh, little video, like a snippet of like the 10 most memorable moments of uh, California Adventure. It's kind of cool. So I'm going to put that on the blog tomorrow. So, uh, Do you guys remember how cool that was? Like when that first opened, it was no. like so neat. And then you went in there and it was like, oh, yeah, I live in California. Like I just came from San Francisco. <laughs> I know. I remember I was like, oh, the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Totally saw it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, speaking of feedback, Aaron, oh. would you mind? Uh... Sure. Uh, so we got we got a uh, nice feedback this time. Uh, nobody yelling, which is great. Uh, that's too bad. I <laughs> so, actually rather like the yelling. <laughs> I kind of do too. But uh, well, she does kind of talk about you. Anyway, oh, uh, her name is Lisa, and she says hi. I'm a new listener, and I really like your podcast. You have great chemistry, and it's really got laugh out loud funny moments. Your interview with the Main Street Elite was really well done and fascinating. It's not something I've heard on other podcasts, and I thought it was very enlightening. I thought that was very nice. Um, then she goes on and she says, Jason. Yes. I just wanted to point out. Yes, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to point out on your tour guide episode that the New Orleans Holiday Landers Club, I would imagine the name came from the area once called Holiday Land that later became New Orleans Square. And then she puts the Wikipedia page to, to show that she's not lying. Oh. <laughs> and she says, great. still, you're right. Yeah. It's a clunky name, but it does have a historical origin. Oh, well, that's Winky good. face. Oh. Oh. There's winky, a winky, winky smiley face winky, or a winky frowny face? Winky smiley face. Is there a winky frowny face? Uh, I guess so. I've heard of it, would but it, it's would it, not. Would it do the, the full emoticon, you know, where you do the winky no. smiley face and it turns into a no, little. No, it wouldn't do that. It doesn't recognize Because it's that. not a real thing. It does not compute. That's who, what you get back. Who frowns and winks? Like, clown? So... Exactly. <laughs> clown. A clown does. Yeah. That's weird. I know. Well, that's what I was clearing up. Maybe she's a clown. Lisa's a clown. Uh, Lisa, that's a very good point. Uh, thank you very much for pointing that out for us. We don't know everything about uh, Disneyland, but we do try. Um, and thanks for agreeing with me mainly is, is really the point uh, of this whole thing. Is, it is a very clunky name. Uh, you know, in, in doing some research for another show, there's a lot of social club. Yeah. A lot. And like weird, bizarre. There's one that's just like Pixar and Disney fans. Yeah. And um, hmm. I, 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 it's the most bizarre. And they're handing out like buttons. That's the new thing is these, the people are handing out buttons and stickers. Meet us in this land and then you'll get this yeah. sticker. Well, I, a cool... That happened. Yes. That happened but today. See, I kind of want buttons. I kind of like it. I, I, I guess yeah, you've never done it. Well, no, right. but so you can't <laughs> exactly. like it that much. Uh, my buddy's actually uh, doing a photo shoot in the park right now for a couple that just got engaged, and so they paid his way down there 
um, he shot them for the first half of the day, and then he was out exploring. Mm-hmm. And he uh, sent me a message on Facebook and said he's seen eight different. Um, he he's seen he saw eight different <laughs> eight different social clubs. <laughs> Sorry, you can't yeah. take the hood out of me. Right. Um, eight different social clubs in the park today. He said it was absolutely crazy. He didn't really? realize there were wow. that many in, in there. And he said that he saw tension. Between like really yeah like it was like you know something from West Side Story. We have to have your that. camera ready in March. Oh, I'm bringing my whole. I'm bringing all my. <laughs> like gear I, now I want sure. that video ready. I want to mm-hmm. see that tension. <laughs> you know it, it's uh, it's only a matter of time. Uh, how am I trying to phrase this? It, it's only a matter of time before the park cracks down on that kind of stuff. You know, it's mm-hmm. like like, and it's gonna suck for the ones that are cool and yeah. that, that are actually yes. have good intentions. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, I mean, it it does kind of create a little bit of tension with with the guests, like Michael was saying in that in that mm-hmm. in that interview. Mm-hmm. He, you know, people look at them kind of kind of weird, um, and but it, it, the impression that I got from Michael was that the Main Street elites they try to break that barrier. You know, uh, yeah. like we we saw a club. Uh, Last time we were there with like the social distortion mm-hmm. uh, skeleton with the martini and a, and a smoke and like the seven year old little girl was wearing that patch. That's not that's not cool. Right. I know. But then you have to ask yourself, how far does it go? You know, do you get to the point where Disneyland says you can't wear in red or blue because there yeah. might be people who are actually well, affiliated I, with gangs that are there? Yeah, but I, I think I think the they should at least go as far as to not have a small child wearing a. <laughs> Patch of a skeleton with a martini in one hand and a smoke in the other. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I just I feel poorly for that child. Conservative. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Certain extent. Yes. <laughs> that is not. Uh, uh, anyway, I don't know. I uh, tension that bothers me. That bothers me because it, I don't know. It's it's like this weird. The more you learn about Disneyland, the more kind of politicky. Yeah. I think you can. It it, it, it can get. Um. It, and sometimes it kind of ruins it. You know, the the more you know about a place, there's this kind of darker element where oh. six six months ago we would never have yeah. known about really social clubs or, or I don't know. I mean, maybe we would have, but uh, and this has know. been going on forever, which like you'll hear about in some of my some of the research that I did for this show. Yeah, there is some politics going on back oh, yeah. to before it started. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's jump into it. Why not? Right. Thank you for reading the feedback, Taryn. You did a wonderful job. Thank you. And thank you, Lisa, for writing. And if we had a shirt. Or a button or a pen, I would totally send it to you. We're working on it. But we don't. We are? Yeah. Nice. I have orders already for Ears Up sweatshirts. Yeah? Really? Yeah. Sweatshirts. Nice. Yeah. Can we get, um, possibly, can we get zip-ups? Oh, absolutely. Dude, okay. pullovers are so 2012. I I dress like a little kid. Like, I don't wear clothes like a little kid. You do like actually a look kid. a lot like your son right now. <laughs> well, you, you yeah. dress. You it's dress, the onesie. That's what it is. You dress your child like you. Well, no, it's no. I'm not that I dress like I I wear clothes like a little kid but i put clothes on like a little kid like i um i <laughs> i don't even know what that means like you know how most, like you're naked <laughs> running around the house going i don't want to do it <laughs> like with no like i realized that when i put my sweatshirt i have a hooded sweatshirt on a uh, zip up hoodie right now and most people will put one arm in and then mm-hmm. reach around and put the other arm in and then zip it up yeah like normal people yeah right. um, i realized when i was putting it on at work today i put one one arm in flipped it up on my head with the hood on and was searching for the other arm oh my like, like I was a four-year-old. And I, I had even, people looking at me like, I mean, what in the know, world are you doing? You do know how to put on yeah, clothes, but I, right? I, just, I don't show think me. that way. Okay. <laughs> Please show me because right, I, I don't understand what you mean. I'm, I'm sorry, everyone in Radio Land. You don't get the visual. <laughs> oh, but. I'll describe it. Don't even worry about it. Oh, this is so weird. All right, take off that blue hoodie, first of all. There's no colors. You can't claim. 
You are kind of blued out right now. You got blue jeans. You got a blue iPhone case or whatever you have. All right. So you put one arm one in. One arm in. And then you oh put your hood over your head. What okay. are you doing? <laughs> okay. See, now I get it. Okay. So so what you do is you, you, you put one arm in. Then the arm that's in, you take and you hold the hood. You hold the hoodie part. And you hold it over your head like you're protecting yourself from rain. <laughs> and with the other arm, you're coming kind of back almost behind your neck to look for the armhole. Right. Yeah, that's really, that's too much energy wasted. Yeah, man. I know. And it's awkward when I have a hoodie that's not. The whole zip thing up. is awkward. Yeah, I, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, she's right, though. But you can't really teach an old dog new tricks at this point. Well, Clearly. No, you should, though. <laughs> I'll learn how to dress myself tomorrow. Thank you. But to answer your question, yes, we can. We can definitely look for uh, zippies. Okay, cool. Um, but we need to make money first. <laughs> Speaking of that. <laughs> That's absolutely correct, actually. If you are, uh, we do have a donate button. If you want to donate to the cause, uh, it does cost a little money to run this thing. So, uh, you know, we got studio fees and, and URL fees and whatever it costs. I don't even understand. I just give them a card. It's my black Amex card. I just, oh, yeah. I you wish. It. I colored it. <laughs> uh, we also have a, a, a banner now on our on our website for uh, Amazon. If you're an Amazon shopper, please uh, go through our link. Just click the banner. Nothing else happens. It just takes you right to Amazon, and you can kind of do your shopping. We get a little bit. It just helps offset some of these costs. And yeah. then uh, hopefully we can start bringing some merch to you. That would be kind of cool. I'd, I'd like to see that. So Anyway, we got some things in the mix. Uh, but more importantly, let's get to history of Tomorrowland. So kind of what we're going to be doing uh, w- with a few shows moving forward is just giving a, 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 a semi-brief, as brief as we can be, uh, <laughs> history on each of the lands in Disneyland. Because, you know, we walk around, and yes, the park's been open since 1955. That's a long time, but you kind of don't really, at least I didn't really understand how much the park has, has changed since since it's opened and uh, and and you know a lot of the buildings are are pretty old <laughs> and they've housed a mm-hmm. lot of different yeah. things so um we thought it'd be kind of cool just to go through some of these sections of the park and and, and talk to you about um not only what used to be there uh, but what's there currently and and, and what happened and and uh, i don't know kind of all this you know fun stuff at least we think it's fun and i hope you do too so we're going to focus on Tomorrowland first um i don't know why Tomorrowland first i think you know, we as humans have always kind of uh, been fascinated about the future, mm-hmm. uh, how it'll look, what our place is in the future, uh, how to leave a legacy, and, and how mainly can we bring the future to our home today. Yeah. What do you yeah. think? Pretty philosophical. That, that huh? was pretty, pretty good. good. Uh, yeah. I got it impressive. on the back of a Laffy Taffy around the stick. <laughs> no. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I like the future. You know, the 50s, that, that's what it was. It embodied... It's funny, the future embodied the 50s in some certain way, I think. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, we're all kind of wondering about the future. So uh, Tomorrowland, obviously, was, was very important uh, because it was, it was um, you know, it, it matched the, the time, right? Everyone was fascinated with it. So mm-hmm. uh, Tomorrowland was actually the last of the lands to be completed. Uh, a lot of attractions weren't even really ready for the 55 opening. Um, also, a lot of them were corporate branded. Mm-hmm. Um. So to that end, to the end of the corporate branding, uh, let's start exploring the bathroom of tomorrow. <laughs> I wish I had some sort of intro music for it. But there actually was a thing called the bathroom of tomorrow. Uh, it was uh, not ready for the opening. Shocking. Um, but it was opened <laughs> April 6, 1956, almost a year later, sponsored by the Crane Plumbing Company. 
Uh, and it really, I don't know, I, I, I think of it like a lot of things that are in, interventions currently. Uh, it's just kind of boring, mm-hmm. uh, nondescript stuff. It was located in the same building as the Hall of Chemistry and the Hall of Aluminum, or Aluminium, if you're a UK listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, it featured <laughs> gold-plated fixtures, state-of-the-art hmm. heating and air conditioning, and it even had dumbbells for those of us who would rather work out than read. <laughs> Uh, That's what I do right. when I'm in the bathroom. Essentially, it was nothing more than a display of stylized faucets. It wasn't really, you know, anything spectacular. But you can go in. Uh, the thing about having the future today is you can go in and, and order the bathroom of tomorrow today. So it's hmm. kind of one of those. It's oh. just over stylized. So where they they were selling it. Yeah, you you, oh. you can much like the home of tomorrow where you you can can, buy that stuff i didn't know that yeah like touchpad uh lighting all that kind of stuff uh really yeah oh okay yeah Yeah. uh and it lasted um until august 1960 (laughs) not bad so four years four-year run for the bathroom of tomorrow (laughs) surprising that a bathroom wasn't a bigger hit (laughs) well it had dumbbells yeah (laughs) yeah you could uh you know it's work out yeah (laughs) I kind of already am. <laughs> oh, jeez. Anyway, I don't know. I thought the bathroom of tomorrow, just the name alone. I was like, that's really exciting. I want to look into that. And uh, it turns out it wasn't really that exciting. I can't imagine why it even lasted four years. Probably just that was the length of the contract. Yeah. You know? Makes sense, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, Taryn, what about flying saucers? Uh, flying saucers, I didn't really know too much about it, so I had to do a lot of research. But uh, it opened in 1961, uh, so pretty soon after the park opened. Uh, Walt came up with this ride because he wanted something in between a bumper car and a boat ride, but he didn't want either of those because he thought they were overdone. Uh, So they came up with, he basically, he took this idea to Aero Development, who is this, I guess, big company that did a lot of stuff for Disneyland. They crafted the lift system for Dumbo, the ride mechanics for the teacups, and they actually invented the tubular track used in the Matterhorn, which is then also used in Space Mountain and like Mm -hmm. all these other rides now, but they invented that. So he took this idea to them <laughs> that he wanted a hovercraft in his park. Oh, nice. And they actually didn't laugh at him. They they helped him. And yeah, so, well, because they saw that check coming. Yeah, yeah I'm sure it was pretty big. <laughs> uh, so basically the way that this ride works, I, I thought was pretty cool. It's basically this room underground has this huge fan. And you can actually see videos of it if you go online. Mm-hmm. Um these huge fans that just blow out a ton of air and then there's holes in the ceiling of this room and they open up and that air gets pushed out and it pushes the hovercrafts up. So then the, the that's what lifts them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's actually a pretty simple idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it the unfortunate part is it didn't work. <laughs> oh, really? It pretty much never worked. It, it, it The ride uh, was open for five years. However, it was often closed for repairs uh, and it was really hard to maintain. Uh, oftentimes the pressure would just drop, so everything would shut down, and all of the hovercrafts would just drop. Oh, wow! <laughs> and it was um, it worked really well in their target weight of people. Yeah. But if it was if people were too heavy, they wouldn't move, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. But mm-hmm. if they were too light, people couldn't move them. Right. Right. So they would be hovering, but they would just be standing still. Just be, oh, okay. So it was <laughs> kind of a it was a cool idea. It didn't work. And yet, Disneyland decided to do it again Yeah, <laughs> in California Adventure. Uh, with the uh, flying tires or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what anybody was thinking with that because I haven't been on it because I see people really unhappy coming off of it. <laughs> yeah. And so I know it's the same thing. I know it's going to close within five years of it opening. It, it's just I don't know why they would do it again. But anyway, that's that's the Flying Saucers. It's kind of an interesting 
story, but uh. yeah, that's kind of neat. All right, mine's better because um, this one, <laughs> and not that that's bad, but this one is actually kind of crazy how it happened. So the people mover, um, I chose this one because it's actually my earliest memory of a ride at Disneyland. So um, for an extinct ride, it ran for a while, went from uh, 1967 to 1995, um, and it gave um, it gave people a grand tour above Tomorrowland. So this is how it basically worked. Um, they invented something called Omnimover technology. I'll get to where that came from a little bit later. Um, it, but what it means is that the vehicles never stopped moving, even when you're boarding them. So they had a circular um, turntable that you would stand on, and you would it would match speeds with the vehicle, and you mm-hmm. would enter the vehicle that way. Um, mm-hmm. And it would take you for a, a ride inside of some of the areas of Tomorrowland over the lagoon and also over Autopia. Um, and it opened, like I said, it opened in 67 because it was part of the new Tomorrowland. Um, and this is how they came up with it. Uh, the two people that came up with this idea were Walt Disney and Henry Ford. In 1960, at the uh, the World Fair, uh, Ford had a, a, tra- a track that would actually take people around in the Ford cars, but they had a driver driving each of the cars. For the 1964 World Fair, Walt Disney uh, was approached by Henry Ford and said, hey, we want to do something, but we want to know if you could come up with something. And he came up with this idea of a an Omnimover where they had a track with the Ford cars um, connected to the track. They were propelled by a, a rotor every nine uh, nine feet mm-hmm. that would just keep it at a continuous pace. Um, and that was actually the place where they unveiled the 1964-and-a-half Ford Mustang, which was the wow. first Mustang ever. So um, it worked out great. Everyone loved it. It came time for them to bring it to Disneyland, and Ford was approached to be the sponsor for that, and Henry Ford said no. He realized that the technology was so good that it would probably put the automobile business out of out of uh, business and did not want to be a part of it. So they had Goodyear become the supplier, fitted all the, all the carts with uh, Goodwill tires, and it showed people how smooth of a ride you can get on a good a Goodyear tire. Huh. Um, yeah. Um, also, there was um, yeah. a couple of things that they done they did to it after uh, through the years. They had the uh, super speed tunnel. Um, they had a uh, turned it into the adventure through the world of Tron, and basically nothing made it less lame. So it closed. <laughs> it closed for about seven years, and then it reopened as a rocket rod. Some people remember that. The uh, rocket rods did not work because the rocket rods, from the name, were supposed to be fast, but there are no banks anywhere on the track. So every time they came to a turn, they'd have to slow down. That constant slowing down broke the, broke the ride. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why we don't have anything left anymore. All you have is an elevated track every time you walk into Disneyland. Um, another problem is that there were a few deaths oh, wow. involved in this ride. Um, there In 67, shortly after it opened, there was a 17-year-old boy who uh, tried to jump between two moving cars, um, and he was drugged about 100 feet. In 72, uh, there was a girl who lost her Mickey ears, tried to go back in to get it, and was hit by an oncoming uh, train. Um, And then an 18-year-old was crushed um, between two moving cars as he was trying to jump um, between them again. So um, from, from... its inception, it had a lot of problems as See, well. See, that, that's why, you know, it, it, that's why if you get off on the wrong side of a car, you, mm-hmm. they shut the ride down. No, I, yeah. Emergency exactly. stop everything. Exactly. And this and this ride was um, one of the reasons why they did all of that. Something else, and you guys will appreciate this, you owe Haunted Mansion to the technology of this ride. The Haunted Mansion was actually going to be a walkthrough, and mm. they 
they postponed it, postponed it, postponed it. By the time they decided to uh, actually create the mansion, they had this technology, and it turned into what we have now. Mm. Wow. wow. I've recently um, been hearing people call that uh, the people eater. That's what they call that type of ride, like the Haunted Mansion, where you get on and, and everything's spaced out. But the actual car doesn't move oh, distances. It looks like it eats- yeah, because oh. it's like eating yeah, people cool. as it's going. That's oh. cool. Oh, that was kind of neat. <laughs> a reverse Pac-Man. Um, you can see something like that on the Grizzly River Run. Yeah, when exactly, you board yeah. that, that that platform just rotates, oh, and those right. cars just move. Yeah. yeah, the aerial kind of thing. It's just the same thing where um, you just have constant moving and you match up. The aerial ride does the same. So I understand thing as well. what Henry Ford's big problem was. Yeah, the, the big problem is he that, that just like you know, I five is going to be lined with tires rotating you. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, no, it's not. I'm going to have to drive at all. No, it's not a matter <laughs> of that. What he looked at is that um, he thought it would be great for public transportation, and that cities would start to incorporate this, which means uh. it would be less car sales for Ford. So he didn't want to put his name on anything that could eventually drop, uh, you know, drive Ford out of business. See, he wasn't really very smart. Like every smart person has one good idea, right? And then that's it, and, right? And you know, in the '60s, he was clearly losing some sort of oh, yeah. grip on reality. Oh yeah, Are you kidding me? Oh, you know, this is great for public transportation. <laughs> Get out of here! <laughs> clearly lost it. That's funny. Um, so along the same lines, I guess, uh, but faster. Space Mountain. We all know Space Mountain. Yeah. I'm sure we've all been on it. If you're listening, I'm sure you've been on Space Mountain. Uh, yeah, but whenever they change it to Finding Nemo, I didn't really like it too much. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, um, so it, this is a, this is the story of Space Mountain. In 1964, uh, Walt Disney approached uh, one of his designers, John Hench, and he wanted a dark roller coaster. He just wanted a roller coaster in the dark, and he thought that Disneyland needed something a little faster to bring in a different kind of uh, younger, but or not younger, I guess, but more of a teenage kind of crowd. Um, while John Hench came up with this plan, they took it to, uh, I think they actually took it to Aero Development again. Don't quote me because I didn't write that down. But mm-hmm. uh, they basically, whoever he brought it to said, that's awesome. But it's totally impossible. <laughs> it's not going to happen. We don't have the technology to do this. This is 1964. We don't have the technology. We also you want to do this in Disneyland, your park is tiny. You don't have enough space for a building that can house a, a, a roller coaster. So he just went, oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it got, it just got scrapped. Uh, it got put on a shelf till whenever. So uh, Walt Disney World opened, and uh, after some early success, uh, this idea was revisited in the early 1970s. Um, Walt had already passed away, which was kind of unfortunate, but uh, that was about four years after he passed away, I think. Um, so Walt Disney Walt Disney World had more room for this ride, so that's why they kind of got the green light to do it. Uh, it had huge success really early on, and so they basically reopened the idea to build it back at Disneyland. So this was all new to me. I had no idea that Walt Disney World had anything before Disneyland. <laughs> it never it never dawned on me that, that it could have something cool like that yeah, before right. Disneyland did. But that's the truth. So by 1977, Walt's original idea had become a success in Disneyland. Um, so that's a short story, but a good one. Uh, some little short facts that I found, too, is that it closed in 2013. I mean, no, no 2003, <laughs> due to an unstable track and cool. reopened two years later with a complete track replacement. Wow. Which I vaguely remember, just not knowing that, but just remembering it being closed every time I was there for a couple of years. Uh, 
And then I also did not know that they have a version of this ride uh, right around 2005 when it reopened called the Rockin' Space Mountain. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, with I, uh, the, not the chili peppers. Who was yes, it? Yes, it was. was Red, it Red was? Hot Chili yeah. Peppers what? and Hoobastank. Hoobastank? I did not remember that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. Apparently they did some like crazy they each did a song that would be played during the ride and they had different kind of light effects and things going on. Thank God I never got the Hoobastank <laughs> version. <laughs> wow. I never even knew about this and I kind of wish I had. Sounds You do? No. Yeah, I mean not the Hoobastank. I mean I actually I'm just sort of fascinated with the whole concept so I would have gone on the Hoobastank. Did you ever go on Screamin' when Screamin' was... Uh, no. Okay, because that was lame, too. This was not... <laughs> when it was what? I don't even know what It was about. the Chili Peppers. It was... Um, they did... Uh, it was their version of Roller Coaster. While oh. you're on the While you're on the roller coaster, you get it? What, it was what, what, horrible. Their version of Roller Coaster? Roller Coaster! Oh, Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> yeah, it was... Are you for real? I am dead serious, and it was horrible. Sounds kind of fun. No, I had a... <laughs> when they take your picture, everyone's like, ah! I had a frown. <laughs> In Disneyland, I had a frown. Grumpy pants. There's no need for that. (laughs) No, there isn't. Ever. There isn't. But you're on a roller coaster, and you're hearing the song Roller Coaster. There's nothing better than that. Oh, my God. Wow, she gets real literal, huh? (laughs) (laughs) That sounds awesome. I paid for bread with bread. (laughs) With money, right? You can't pay for bread with bread. If you you could, that would be cool, too. (laughs) Oh, like money? Bread's this. It's slang for money. Yeah. Is it 70s? really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> dough. Have you heard that one too? Oh, I've heard dough. Yeah. I never thought yeah. of it as like dough, like kneading dough. <laughs> She's going to turn her off. <laughs> How are you doing, Jason? I'm pretty good, man. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. It's all right. <sighs> Speaking of over your head, let's move on to rock. <laughs> move on to rocket to the moon. Great. <laughs> oh, best show ever. <laughs> uh, Rocket to the Moon was a ride uh, that was open in 55, but it was not actually open uh, on opening day. The budget restraints had forced a little delay in the ride, um, but it was open within a month of the of the gates being open. Um, did you just raise your hand? Yeah. What is Rocket to the Moon? <laughs> you know that I'm about to tell you, right? Oh, That's... no, I didn't. When did you I thought her? You know, I thought you were going to tell <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I'll wait. Do you, do you not know that this is the segment that we're doing? No, Are you? Know. I thought you were going to just tell the history. I didn't know if you were going to say like what it is. I can't. I, I, just continue. I don't think I can. We can't take breaks anymore. No. Continue. It's fine. I'm back on board. Are you? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you sure? <laughs> My favorite part about this is you you let me get one sentence out about it, <laughs> then you had a question about what I'm talking. <sighs> I love you guys. Please go on. Oh, can I? <laughs> Thank you, Terrence. I don't know if you were if if you if you if you had the same question as I did, but I wanted to know what is Rocket to the Moon. Hey, why don't you tell me? I will. Thank you very much. I'll, <laughs> and I read. Uh, so you. <laughs> Oh, no. uh, okay, so it, it all took place in uh, in this thing called the TWA Moonlighter, and the point of it was it was sponsored by TWA, which is now defunct, of course, the airline, uh, but that we would all just be going to the moon anyways. Uh, you know, as you all know, or maybe you don't, uh, 
1955, Tomorrowland was supposed to be like 1980s, right? 1980s. It was like 30, 30 years into the yeah. future. So this is kind of what uh, what everyone's fu- version of the future was. We were just <laughs> bored of Moonlander. It's like a big bus, right? <laughs> Uh, but it had that classic 1950s rocket ship shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the old V2 rocket from from World War II, uh, you know, pointy and, and, and whatever. You've seen all the 1950s sci-fi uh, stuff. But there's a reason for that. Um, Disney tapped Werner Von Braun to help with the design. Uh, Von Braun was, uh, um, uh, I don't want to say captured, but I'll just say freed mm-hmm. uh, from, from Germany in World War II to come over to the States to work on uh, Rocky. He was called. He was actually called the the father of rocket scientists. Okay. Or father of rocket science. Excuse me. But he was one of those Nazi scientists removed, uh-huh. recovered from Germany during World War II. So the V two rocket was a German Nazi um, project. Never okay. got off the ground. Okay. Ah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's the you know he he actually helped design for this for the, for the ride. He helped design the whole outline. Uh, uh, you know, the Imagineers at the time wanted to have a building shape that instantly, whatever you knew, uh, when you saw it, you knew exactly what it was. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and and that's what it was, the, that old kind of V2 rocket style. So what it is, you, you sit down, it's a room full of projection screens. There's one below uh, and then one on top and then there's some all around. And basically the ride takes you from um, Earth, blasts you off, you go around the dark side of the moon and then back down to Earth. Um that sounds cool. It seemed pretty cool, right? Actually, you know what? I, I have some audio from it. Yeah, actually, I, I listened to the audio. It was pretty pretty awesome. Let's see if I can find it. I bet they could do that now. Really cool. I Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no effects. There's no, you know, what if Star they, Wars What if effects. they were to turn um, the Soren into, like, a ride like that? That would be awesome. I'd actually want to go on that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I I think they could do it, but but would you care? I don't know. I mean, it's you know, you go around the dark side of the moon, like oh, cool, like it's 2014. We've all seen the moon in different videos and movies. I think it would actually be pretty cool. Maybe if you get you a the, different perspective. Yeah, well, and if you got the right narr- narrator, mm-hmm. it could mm. be cool. Like somebody British. Yeah, they could actually probably make yeah exactly. Like somebody British. <laughs> Here's a rocket engine sound, supposedly. <laughs> this is the background noise. Yeah, let's skip forward. Oh, that's it. That's just the background oh. noise. Nice. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Looks like we're taking off. Uh, let's <laughs> try this one. Sounds like a construction site. Is there a tractor? So, you know, you're like in an airport, right? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's skip ahead. Now, watch closely. Terra travels at almost 16,000 miles an hour, and we'll see her only briefly. Flight control to Captain. Terra approaching. 11 0 plus 2. Few of us realize that Terra has been following this same orbit for 22 years. She was constructed, you know, way back in 1964. Showing you very satellites and stuff. Now on the upper screen, the first glimpse of our goal, the moon. The speed of our ship and the moon's orbital velocity will eventually bring us together in space. 
The superimposed chart shows the exact point of interception. <laughs> Eventually bring us together in space. It's called a collision, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Do people really talk like that? Or like was that was is was is that considered an accent of the time? What do you mean? I don't know. They have this. They talk like from their teeth. Oh, I think it's uh, it, that showbiz announcer man voice, you know, in, huh. in the 50s. I mean, broadcasting was still relatively young. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just wouldn't talk normal. I mean, so they didn't just talk like that to their wives, you think? It was just like, a- honey, I'm going into <laughs> the restroom now to read the morning paper. I'll be back later. I demand meatloaf. No, I don't think they, they spoke like that. No. Broad- broadcasting back then was very, uh, it's not like it was today. It's not TMZ. It's not like what mm-hmm. we're used to. It's very formal. And present, and he was giving a presentation. Oh, okay. you know, so it's yeah. very, Makes very, sense. you know, stiff and for, and formal like that. Hmm. Uh, here's some audio of the uh, spaceport. See if it's any good. Attention, passengers disembarking <laughs> from Jet Flight 107 helicopter service to the city center, departing in ten minutes. I think it's my grandma. Billy and Joe, please report downstairs. <laughs> the school bus is about to leave. <laughs> Yes, mother, we will be... Anyway. Uh, yeah, so that was the ride of, of Rocket to the Moon, which sounds... It, it actually does sound kind of cool, especially for 55. I mean, come on. What little 10-year-old with a beanie uh, and the rotator thing didn't want to go to the moon? <laughs> um, anyway, in 1967, it was changed to Flight to the Moon. Um, and then in 75, was changed to Mission to Mars, uh, all keeping up with the technology of the time period. Um, in Flight to the Moon, you boarded Flight 92 on a standard Flight to the Moon. Uh, the reason they changed it is because by now uh, the world had seen a man land on the moon for the first time. Right. It was no longer the future. <laughs> it was no longer tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It was it was today, right? So they started changing it uh, kind of before that really happened, obviously, um, because that was the goal, right? right? Is to land a man on the moon. Disney people were like, "Well, we should really update this." So <laughs> anyway, seventy five got us mission to Mars, uh, which had you know the same elements it was basically kind of the same uh the same thing and I, I have some audio i think from from that um mission to mars yes i do uh here we go ladies and gentlemen welcome aboard our mcdonnell douglas dc-88 space liner for today's mission to mars the captain has asked that you remain in your seats at all times and please, no smoking. No. Oh. Well, I don't want to go. Attention, please. <laughs> Folks, this is Third Officer Collins speaking. I'm your tour guide today, and I'll be telling you about what's going on during the trip. Right now, we're on final countdown, and you can watch our liftoff on the lower screen in your cabin. I'll... Oh, whatever. Anyway. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat, man. It is. Um, let's see. Where did it leave off? So... It was in the same building as the Red's Rocket Pizza Port is right now. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, yes. Okay. So it's the same, it's that same area, which is what I was saying earlier. There's a lot of Disneyland that's changed, but the buildings are all kind of the same still, right. which hmm. is a little scary. Uh, the rocket ship above Pizza Port is the same design as the TWA Moonliner, only smaller. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, cute. Yeah, just kind of give a little nostalgia feel to it. So uh, anyway, that's uh, that's the Rocket to the Moon ride. Cool. All right. Well, um, I was I looked at the uh, Skyway from Tomorrowland to Fantasyland. Uh, it was the gondola lift attraction at Disneyland that took riders back and forth between Tomorrowland and Fantasyland. Uh, this not only saved time, but and I know Taryn would love this. It also saves stress on your feet. 
It was um, actually the first, uh, it's called a Von Roll Type 101 aerial ropeway in the USA. So if you look at all the lists that you have at ski lifts, this one was in the United States before those were as well. Um, And then uh, actually contrary to everything else that Walt did, he purchased this used. It was a 47 Von Roll side chair model from Switzerland, but he decided to not use side chairs, but use carts underneath. Uh, the vehicles were pulled from location to location by huge pulleys located in Tomorrowland and in the Fantasyland boarding station. Uh, the ride operated as normal from uh, 56 until about 59. And then in 59, there was a huge renovation that happened in the park when, when it reopened. Uh, this huge renovation brought the submarine ride, the monorail, a motorboat cruise, and the Matterhorn. Hmm. The problem is that the Matterhorn was going to be built in the direct path of the Skyway. So Walt, being Walt, decided to have the Matterhorn built around the path of the Skyway. Most people don't remember this, but the Skyway literally took you through the Matterhorn. Oh. Uh, you would be able to go through the Matterhorn, hear people screaming as they're on the <laughs> I ride. I do remember that. Yeah, it's, it was cool. pretty awesome. That's like like the People Movers Yard, this is my first mm-hmm. like memory of, of the park, is being on that and looking around. and yeah, I thought it was pretty awesome. And it, and it, um, it remained open until 94. Uh, but it was removed due to cracking in the supports within the Matterhorn. So they quickly took it down, uh, filled in all the holes on the Matterhorn, and now it's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I, I can't. I'm surprised it was there that long. I because I don't really remember it. Really? Yeah. I definitely remember that. I do. Hmm. Yeah. I, I. I thought for sure it had gone before then. Interesting. Uh, so this one's my favorite one for several reasons. Uh, it was already my favorite because uh, a little-known tidbit about the submarine voyage. Uh, yes. Uh, what is the submarine voyage? <laughs> She's going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Everybody knows what the submarine voyage is. Go ahead. Anyway, um, so. Just in case they don't. <laughs> I don't know. It's a submarine ride, but I, I kind of get to it later. That's the so, point. That was okay, the joke. Okay. I was, yeah, I was no, teasing I know. you. I know. Okay. I got it. All right. Go ahead, please. <laughs> uh, so the submarine voyage has this whole backtrack, backing track, obviously, where it explains to you that it's going through the ocean or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Well, one of the voices in that recording is my grandfather. Nice. Wow. <laughs> so I, I didn't know this particular grandfather that well, but I have circulated this uh, recording to my grandma and my dad, and they have told me yes that it is true however i at this very moment don't know exactly i'm pretty sure i've pinpointed which one it is well, let's find out okay secure ship for sea make all preparations for getting underway aye aye sir all hands to stations single up all lines cast off forward is that him i think so cast off aft yeah that yeah that one it's like not the captain. Right. The captain's an actor for sure. Yeah, right? but it's the guy that's kind of saying like cast off now, whatever. That. That's preparing everybody to leave. Yeah. And he got that gig because he was uh, in the Navy in uh, San Diego at the time. Oh, wow. So it just happened to work out, I guess. I don't know all of the details. I wish I did. Yeah. I should find out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just kind of neat. So that's cool. the submarine ride, even though not really a big fan, especially now, I think it's just, it's definitely not anywhere near my favorite ride, but I do <laughs> obviously think that's really cool. Um, 
Now, to some of the history of it, it got even cooler to me. I had no idea that this was considered an e-ticket ride, which hmm. to me, I think of like screaming yeah. <laughs> Space yeah. Mountain. Those are e-ticket rides. But this, uh, when it when it opened, it was considered an e-ticket ride. So the interesting thing that I found in doing some of this research for the show was how this ride actually became a thing. Because originally it was supposed to be like the Haunted Mansion, mm-hmm. a walkthrough. That was his original huh. idea was just a walkthrough. Like you get to see a submarine inside. Oh, that's, that's, that's cool. It. That's cool. <laughs> right. So, but before Disneyland was a was a thing, they were looking for sponsors to help build it, to to help give them money so that they could build it. Sure. Uh, they went to CBS, what we know as the what is it, broadcasting system, <laughs> something. Yeah, <laughs> CBS. You know CBS. Yeah. Uh, they Corporate approached- <laughs> broadcasting system. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, so they so the Disney Corp uh, approached them to try and get them to sponsor Disneyland, and they kind of. And and in these notes, it included this like one of a kind attractions, including a real walkthrough submarine. And so this was all part of their package. Mm-hmm. And CBS said, "No, it's too quote unquote carny, hmm. and their audience is is a little too upper class for that. They're not going to be into it." And so Disneyland went, "All right, whatever." And they obviously opened Disneyland without them, without their help, and it was obviously very successful from the beginning. Uh, Yes. Side note, uh, they got a lot of help from ABC Yes, to open Disneyland as well. They continue to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So then Disneyland opened obviously just fine. Uh, and so later on, or actually this was 19, well, I lost my dates, but uh, around 1959, uh, no, 1958, CBS decided to buy what's now the Santa Monica Pier. And turn that into a theme park. It already had some theme parks on it, but they were going to revamp it and make it mm-hmm. this nautical themed theme park. And one of the things that they did is they bought the SS Nautilus, which is a submarine, mm-hmm. and made the very first walkthrough submarine <laughs> ride. That's convenient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so basically, and then so in this in the first several days, this place was called Pacific Ocean Park. Uh, P.O.P. is what it is referred to as. Uh, uh. Yeah, P.O.P. I've been calling it pop, but apparently it's <laughs> P.O.P. Uh, and it was an instant success. I mean, it's right there. It's right. It's literally it's in L.A. Mm-hmm. So all the celebrities went there. It was an instant success. It actually did better than Disneyland several days in, wow. in its opening months. Pissed. Walt Disney sets out to one up CBS by creating a working submarine ride. He's like, nice. screw you guys. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and so not only did he go and do that, but he also made it based on none other than the SS Nautilus, nice. which is exactly the submarine that they had. Um, as per usual, Walt Disney got as much press as he could leading up to this. He even got Richard Nixon to come to the grand opening. And I believe he he and Lillian were the first people to walk onto the uh, mm. the actual ride. And nice. they walked on together. There's a famous picture of it. Um, the best part of this story is that just a few short months after POP opened, sales declined significantly and CBS ended up selling their shares at a loss. <laughs> so all in all, Walt Disney won, but I thought it was kind of fun and like went into that political stuff that's been happening forever. But I, I thought it was kind of neat that to see Walt Disney get a little mad. <laughs> you don't really see him do revenge stuff. You always hear all these golden moments for him, but he was actually mm-hmm. pissed and he right. used it to his advantage. Right. Well, who wouldn't be? That's, you <laughs> know, here's this great idea. No, we're not going to use it, but we really are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. That's not good. 
that's a good that's a good moment. Thank you for digging that up. Uh, so now we come to what's been added. You know, we have mm-hmm. all the stuff that's not there anymore. Uh, but I think absolutely, without a doubt, my favorite thing is Star Tours. Yeah. Uh, Star, you know, uh, that was yeah. in the um, Adventure Through Inner Space, I think, of that, that same building again where we're using the same buildings here. Um, and uh, it, it's it, it's absolutely, I, mean, I think it's been gangbusters for that, uh, for, for Disneyland. It was actually designed with, with George Lucas. Uh, based around concepts for a, a simulator, a ride simulator that uh, Disneyland had been working on for about 10 years before even approaching Lucas. And one mm-hmm. of the Imagineers, um, I, I think, involved in that project suggested, hey, let's let's go to George Lucas. They wanted to create uh, a ride that already kind of had some sort of mythos around it. Mm-hmm. You know? And in, the, in 86... It's Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, you're not yeah. getting what over. What was bigger than that? Right. And, you know, it was around the time when Disney honestly wasn't really releasing that much stellar content. So mm-hmm. they wanted a new ride, um, but they didn't have anything to kind of draw from. So they approached Lucas. Uh, Lucas came up not only with uh, the general kind of feel for the ride, but the actual name, Star Tours, mm-hmm. came up with that too. Or else it would have been like Star Adventure or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the Imagineer... Uh, was Tony Baxter, and and he said kids need a ride that contained characters they're growing up with now. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, like I said, oh, he was absolutely cool. right. Uh, during construction, the roof had to be lifted to make room for some of the simulation equipment. And of course, like with anything that's you know thirty years old, once you open it, you find all kinds of terribleness in it. So they <laughs> actually had to do some major reconstruction work, which delayed, oh. uh, which which delayed the opening. Um, at the time they approached Lucas, apparently he was thinking about doing his own park. Oh, but oh, didn't wow. have the money. God, I wonder what that would have been like. Amazing. Uh, yeah, right. Can you oh, ma- can you imagine? Gosh, that? in the in in eighties, the late eighties, Star Wars theme park. Uh, we would be doing a Star Wars theme park podcast right now because I would not even care about Disneyland if they had that. It would have probably been. I mean, well, first of all, it would have been up here in the in, in mm-hmm. the North Bay, right? Exactly. So that would have been cool. I'm so glad that didn't happen. Jason, so, how are you doing? I'm doing well. <laughs> uh, Taryn's no longer with us. Oh! He got thrown off the balcony. For real. And, um... <laughs> what? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I turn your mic off, Taryn? I'm sorry. I don't mean that there's anything wrong with Star Wars. I like Star Wars, but I just... Everything would have been so different. I'm so glad that didn't happen. Two major cool theme parks in Dude, the state. That I would have been competing against each other. It would have been, like, so much drama. I I I yeah I don't know I, I mean it's interesting to see to think about what it would have done to the Star Wars movie brand. You would have mm-hmm. no Star Tours. We you would have no Star Tours, but you'd have a whole park. Yeah, we'd have the Ewok ride or the yeah. uh, the, the indoor speeder. speeder. The spe- yeah, I wonder how Lucas would have done it if he would if it would have been. I mean, because the Imagineers they've been at this point they've been doing it for forty years, right? Yeah, uh, thirty years. Um, it, it's interesting oh, reading, reading some of the interviews and, 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 and seeing how they did it. So I, you know, they contracted, obviously Disney contracted ILM to do the effects. So they built little things and they shot all this kind of stuff and, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, put it through. It, it was originally designed to be an actual roller coaster, uh, mm-hmm. with an interactive ending. I don't know Whoa. exactly how it worked, but I mean, you know, you can go and, you know, you either shoot the TIE fighter or you do this thing and, you know, it's interactive and then right. it, it selects your ending based on what you did. But the existing building was just too small. Mm-hmm. Well, so, that kind of would have been an idea already redone because it, it sounds like if it were a roller coaster, it would have been an indoor roller coaster, probably a lot like Space mm-hmm. Mountain with then an ending different. Yeah, but you can't yeah. have too many roller coasters. 
Roller coasters are cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just like that that they're. It's better now. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do cool. like the ride simulator, but it's interesting. They were thinking about it in the seventies, anyways. Yeah. And they just they didn't have the technology, <laughs> and I think that that's what has made Disneyland survive this long is they're thinking ahead of their time. Yeah. Oh, totally. Thinking technology yeah. all the yeah. time. They come with an idea and they leave it alone until they can find the right people and technology catches up with them. Yeah. It's amazing. It's well, so true. Yeah. Oh, it, sorry. No, no. It's it's awesome because um, they have, you know, all the things that they think of, they don't throw anything away. It's just on yeah. the shelf. And then all of exactly. a sudden they're like, oh, we can use this and we can use that and put yeah. that together. And now we have Cars Land. Yeah. Um, so mine, I'm looking at, at something that was taken away and added and taken away and added. Uh-oh. So um, it's Captain EO slash... Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. So, uh, Captain EO, if you don't know and you haven't seen it, it was filmed in 86. Um, it's a 3D science fiction film starring Michael Jackson. It was directed by Francis Ford Coppola and produced by George Lucas. Um, it features two songs, uh, We Are Here to Change the World. I'm not going to sing oh, it. Oh, sing it, and sing it, sing it, sing it. We are here to change the world. That, someone was supposed to... I, I can't a, sing. I needed a fly girl or something right there. Yeah. And then also <laughs> another part of me. Um, so brief synopsis, um, Captain EO, played by Jackson, um, he and his band of misfits, are, um, who kind of resemble Muppets, are um, on their way to deliver a gift to the Supreme Leader, who's played by Angelica Houston. Right. Yes. Uh, the crash land, uh, the crew exits their spaceship and begin to look for the Supreme Leader, and they're quickly captured. Um, the Supreme Leader, who kind of looks like a, a mechanical goth octopus, uh, sentences the crew <laughs> to be turned into trash cans and gives Captain EO the sentence of 100 years of torture. Now, since Captain EO ain't no punk, he begins to fight and eventually he transforms the guards into very 80s dancers that fall in step with him. He then delivers the gift, love, to the Supreme Leader, who transforms into a beautiful... Angelica Houston. Oh, yeah. Um, it's pretty cheesy, but, you know, it's, it's the so 80s. Good. What do you expect? So, um, Michael Jackson, if you haven't heard, made some um, unquestionable choices. And after that happened, <laughs> Captain EO was quickly yanked and it was replaced by Honey, I Shrunk the Audience um, in vain with the Honey, I Shrunk the insert whatever you want to after that movie <laughs> that continued to come out. Um, starred Rick Moranis as Wayne Zielinski. Um, basically, you were at a uh, award ceremony for Inventor of the Year. Um, some <laughs> different gags ensued um, where you would be squirted with water or something would rumble because they um, they outfitted the the theater with uh, different effects that they used as well as far as, um, you know, misters on the back of the seats or seats that rumble. Um, so then after um, they realized that was horrible, that they kept it there anyway, and Michael Jackson, we miss you, MJ, uh, passed away. They decided <laughs> to put back Captain EO, which is now Captain EO. Um, ooh, was I forgot the word. Uh, experience? No, it's not no. Exper- uh, Tribute. Thank tribute. You. Captain EO Tribute. Um, and now they use all the effects that they had um, on the seats with the Honey, I Shrunk the Audience ride and incorporated it into his ride. So oh. it's um, so That's it's pretty cool. neat. So I didn't realize that. Yeah, there's parts, parts oh. where you get misted or something rumbles when the um, Supreme Leader comes out. So um, it's still there. You know, it's one of those things that I, I go and see every time I go to the park. Um, and it's the time to sit down. And, you know, if you like 80s MJ, you'll like the music as well. <laughs> what, uh, what if you love 80s MJ? Then you'll go on this multiple times. <laughs> yes. yeah. Then, yeah, you will. Then you'll love this for sure. <laughs> um, what I like about it is that there's a brief two-second Val Kilmer in it. No. 
You didn't know this? Oh, yeah. How did I not see this anywhere? Uh, Are you serious? Oh, parents. shoot. This should have been a tip of the show then. Come on, bro. <laughs> oh, I did not know that. I did not see that anywhere. Uh, he, it, he He's in there for maybe a second and a half. It's it, He's, okay, so go on. You, you can watch the whole thing on YouTube. Go on. It's terrible. It's it's really, I mean, he was a terrible actor. Uh, was? MJ. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think no, Val Kilmer in Top Secret. Highlight. Oh, best actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, but uh, it, it when when Angelica or you know, when when Michael Jackson is turning uh, all the the bad people into good people, turn them into backup dancers, mm-hmm. uh, fly girls, mm-hmm. if you will. <laughs> there's there's a couple like on the pillars, and he like zaps them, and they kind of you know go they they change, and they're all rainbowy, whatever. And it's just this fresh young Val Kilmer for a second and a half. Wow. Extreme close up. And then from that point on, he was replaced with an Asian dancer because he <laughs> seriously he falls in step and maybe not Asian but more like Hawaiian. Okay. So, but same build, same sort of facial structure, same hair, mm-hmm. but it, it, but it's not. It's it's it, they're clearly two different people. But Val Kilmer was cast as the role in the role of the close up, right? Funny. The handsome guy. Apparently, the the dancer wasn't handsome enough. <laughs> At least that's my. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. There's a lot of stuff that's been added uh, in in Tomorrowland. Another one of my favorites is uh, Buzz Lightyear. I mean, we won't mm-hmm. go through we won't go through them all because there's just there's just too many. Um, uh, but I I I like I like the Buzz Lightyear. I'm, I'm pretty dominant. Well, um, the Jedi Training Academy. Uh, oh yeah, Jedi School. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, most people yeah. um, kind of miss this because um, if you're walking, you know, from rides, you're on the back side of it. It's actually located within the courtyard. Or the uh, yeah the food court right there, um, you know it's it, the basic premise is that um, they're trying to train Padawans, which is a Jedi in training, um, to fight either Darth Vader or Darth Maul, and it basically depends on the age of the kid. The younger the kid, really, yeah, the younger ah. the kid is Darth Vader, the older the kid is Darth Maul. I've always seen Darth Vader. I've never seen Darth Maul. Yeah, Darth Maul is a fighter as well. Huh. So I guess they have them ready to come out depending on who they pick. Right. Um, they always pick so a Jedi who's uh, between the ages of 4 and 12 from the audience, um, and they're shown the ways of the Force. So they're, they're shown how to fight with the lightsaber. Then they begin to fight um, you know, the Stormtroopers and then either Darth Vader or Darth Maul. Now, one of the things that I've heard is I like that how do I get my kid picked? How do I get oh, my kid picked yeah. to go up there? Um, and I have a couple of tips. Number one, dress them up. Dress them up. Um, reportedly, children who are dressed up in some kind of Star Wars character garb are much more likely to be chosen to participate. So if they have a Star mm. Wars T-shirt or dress them up like Obi-Wan or Luke or something, um, they'll be picked to be up there because if you're, they're up there in Star Wars garb, it actually adds to the show as well. Mm-hmm. They look more like a Padawan. Um, make a sign. That sounds cheesy, but it's actually true. Make a sign and be like, pick me or the forces with me or something cheesy <laughs> like that. They'll pick you as well. Also, stand in front. Um, you know, you can't really stand on tables in the courtyard and expect right. to get picked. Try to get your kids as as close as possible um, to the front, and the, they'll have more chance of getting uh, getting picked as well. And it's the Tomorrowland stage. It's where like the, exactly the band comes up. It's exactly where it is. Yeah, Justin Timberlake. Oh, they play yeah. really good songs. <laughs> yeah. That's where he used to. He got to start playing. He would play on the Tomorrowland. I did not stage. know that. Yeah. So did No Doubt, according to one of our listeners. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. No, there's a lot I of think doubt. think so. That's too bad. <laughs> uh, what does Facebook have to say about Tomorrowland? Well, um, a lot of people are saying that they miss the rocket rods slash um, people mover. Um, I've heard 
the the adventure through inner space. I don't think I ever went on that, um, but a lot of people are saying they missed that as well. Um, our uh, our friend Greg says that um, <laughs> which one we don't even need it to know. Yeah, you really don't need to know. <laughs> is that um, what what needs to come back is a people mover, and then everything else can leave. So um, I disagree. I disagree with you for once, Greg. Um, so everyone, yeah, everyone's saying either inter, um, Adventure Through Inner Space or uh, The People Mover. I have some of that audio from Adventures Through Inner Space. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is actually sponsored by Monsanto. Ooh, Ooh. everyone freak out and be horribly, <laughs> whatever, dude. Let's see if we can kind of get some of this up here. Well, um, discoveries for happiness. Yeah, the um, the adventure through inner space. Um, they had it's you're basically getting shrunk down to the size of a molecule, uh-huh. and um, they had a, a telescope where they had um, miniature people in a miniature bucket. You know, like a, the on the ride going um, coming out of the the uh, telescope and going into the ride area. So it's just people who have been shrunk. And so I, I was reading a story, and there was someone. This is why Disneyland is so amazing at making people believe in magic. There was a mom whose uh, kid went on the ride, and the kid had been on the ride for about an hour or so. And the mom was kind of freaking out, didn't know where the kid was. And one of the employees said, hey, can I help you? And she goes, well, um, I told my kid to wave to me when he gets to that part where you get really small. And I haven't seen anyone wave yet, so I don't know where my kid is. <laughs> oh, like, my God. <laughs> It's Disneyland. People believe anything can happen. <laughs> wow. They really do. All the science words. <laughs> yeah. Signal modulation bearable. Signal modulation bearable. For centuries, man had but his own two eyes to explore the Does that voice sound familiar, Taryn? Yeah, that's my aunt. No, I'm serious. Haunted Mansion. Oh, yeah. It's narrated by Paul Freeze, who did a lot of voiceover work. Hmm. Did he do Power of Terror, too? Sounds like that, too. He might be, I don't know. Anyway. That's Adventures Through Inner Space. <laughs> oh, and also, um, no one said that Interventions is a great... Edition. Just to throw that out there. No, because it's terrible. <laughs> I mean, now it, it's going to have Thor. Or no, it it's no, it it's going to be a Captain America meet and greet. They're transforming yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I saw that. Ugh, whatever. Anyway. At least they keep all that stupid stuff in there. Until yeah, they build true. a new park. All right. Well, we got time for tip of the show, and then we're out of here. Uh, it's more of a fact, really, than a tip. But uh, there's a rumor that, that's long been going around about the, uh, the uh, wooden Indian statue outside of the joke shop. On mm-hmm. Main Street, mm-hmm. uh, they always go. Oh, there's two identical wooden statues. There's one out in the joke shop, and there's one kind of right next to the uh, cash machine at the uh, shooting gallery. Yeah, right. And they're identical, supposedly, right? Right. They're not. They're not identical. <laughs> I actually am surprised. I thought they were. Yeah, I really. I always thought they were. Yeah, because I mean, you know, in doing a lot of research for the shows, we all kind of you know, look online, and it's always like, oh, here's a uh, you know little known thing. The identical thing. They're not. I, last time we were there, I took photo, and then huh. I took a photo of one and went and compared the other. And this might actually be more of just like a, a case of semantics. Mm-hmm. Uh, one has oh, a red weird. cape, and the other has a blue cape. 
Besides that, are they identical? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but they're not identical. Identical means 100%. They're not identical. One has a different color you know, outfit on. I wonder so, if at some point they were identical, but then they, yeah. they repainted one of the capes or something. I, I would, I'd be willing to bet this. They were never identical. They painted them different capes to tell them apart mm-hmm. and then put them in, in a different uh, section of the park. But people don't really look with an analytical eye and they go, oh, that's the same one. It's not the same. It's different. Yeah, it's just like identical twins aren't the same unless they're wearing the same clothes. See? So it makes sense, yeah. <laughs> then they're identical. Wait, are you making fun of me? Yes, I am. <laughs> well, whatever. Anyway, that's a myth that's been busted by me. <laughs> Good job. They are not identical. There's no such thing as identical wooden Indian statues. I actually don't even think they're real wood. I think they're, anyway. That's something that we need to figure out because <laughs> then it's completely false yeah. right of course all right well thanks for sticking around it's kind of a long show yeah. but i think it was pretty informative we had a good talk it was about extremely informative yeah. especially in the middle there well you know we had a good talk about Tomorrowland. we busted the myth of the indian statue i'm real proud of it but uh you should be thank you very much anyway until next time everyone keep your ears up